word, we think of, you know, God is, he's, he's the boss. He's over everything. He created the universe. I, I'm a big nerd, and so I love, you know, talking about um, that's outer space and stars and planets and all that. And, you know, God, uh, he didn't just place those where they are, but he, 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 he put them right where they had to be. And that's greatness. God being over the universe, the Lord of all, that's greatness. But goodness is getting down on eye level. Your, your daddy ever do that to you? Get on eye level with you and talk to you? That's goodness. And so, yes, we serve a great Lord, but we have a good father. Amen? And, I, you know, I, I just, we talk about celebrating God and celebrating the things that he does and has done and will do. But I rest sometimes. It's, it's great to celebrate. We love celebrating. But sometimes it's good to rest. You ever have knowledge, you know something, and it's just, it makes you feel content. It makes you feel good. I, I feel safe in knowing that. Um, that's what the goodness of our Father does. We can feel safe and know that we are safe um, and rest assured in his goodness and in his greatness. Thank you. I got some spitting juice. Y'all better be careful. Nobody's on the front. Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch out, Ryan. I'm going to get you, brother. Oh, hey, I want to just remind everybody this evening at 6, uh, we will have our family Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be a good time. All eating meetings are usually pretty good, uh, but we get to hang out with family and just uh, uh, have some fellowship. It's going to be good. Amen. Um, I think that's it. Oh, there's no Wednesday night service this Wednesday, so just keep that in your brain. Um, so let's look at uh, Psalms, uh, Psalm 126, and I want to speak to you real quick about dreaming. And um, we are a culture of dreamers, amen? And uh, this, this really, uh, this would normally be something that you would talk about like at the beginning of the year. Um, but I thought, you know what, let's just talk about it. Because uh, I had a conversation with my, my son and my daughter. And uh, we were talking about, you know, what do you ask your kids all the time? Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? And so I asked Piper, hey, Piper, you know, what, what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, oh, thank you for asking, Father. You know, she's so intellectual, right? She's like, I think I'm going to be a cardiopulmonary surgeon and also a skydiver and a ballerina. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. You're going to be in school for 106 years. And I was like, hey, Jonah, what do you want to be? He's like, I want to be a T-Rex. <laughs> I was like, come on, Lord, help that man be a T-Rex. <laughs> And so we're a culture of dreamers. Um, when we say dream, what do we mean? We don't mean, you know, hey, I had a nightmare the other night because I, I ate some chili before I went to bed. We don't mean something like that. We mean we are a culture of people who believe that there are great things ahead. We are a culture of really believers. Come on. And what do we even, what do we say in America? We say we have the American what? Dream, the American dream. And, you know, I think that I'm not going to get political on you, but I think right now a lot of people, uh, 
kind of are attacking that. A lot of people are, are trying to destroy that, that American dream. And can I just give you something? I believe that the American dream actually comes from a place um, that, that God has, has set up for us, that we are believers because people that serve Jesus are dreamers. What do we call ourselves? Hey, I'm a believer. Okay, I believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, then you're a dreamer because you believe better things are yet to come. Amen? You believe the best. What do we say? The best is yet to come. And so people that are uh, just the world, you know, things happen. Uh, maybe they're attacked by um, maybe a disaster happens and they're sifting through rubble. Maybe they have financial instability. Something happens and the world's over here going, oh man, what are you going to do? You're just going to panic and give up and just keel over and die? You know, that's what Job's friend said. And instead of doing that, say, no, I'm going to bless God. I'm going to praise God because yes, this is a tough day. Listen, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're never going to have a bad day because you are. Okay, your tire is going to explode going down the interstate. And once you get pulled over, you're going to open your trunk and praise God. The, 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 the donut's going to be flat. That's, those kind of things are going to happen to you. You know, when you're a Christian, you still look at your paycheck and some dude named FICA has done stole some of your money. Okay, all those things still happen to God's people. But the difference is when you are a believer, come on, when you are a, 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 a Jesus, Jesus dreamer, that you don't lose hope over those things. Amen? That those things, I love what Pastor Monica says, those things don't steal your joy. Because our joy is not built from the ground up on things that can be taken or shouldn't be. I hope it's not. Our joy is through Jesus. And our identity is therein as well. And when your identity and your joy is in Jesus and him as the Lord of your life, that cannot be taken away. Come on. Because that is, listen, identity in Jesus is something that is between us and him. And no man and no power can take that away. It doesn't matter. Come on, you with me this morning? It doesn't matter. There's a book uh, called The Voice of the Martyrs. And, and I, this is a really, I'm sorry, I, that's a program, Voice of the Martyrs. There's a book called Jesus Freaks. And it's by that band DC Talk. They compiled a library, uh, a bunch of stories of people that were martyred. And these are people that, that governments and terrorists and criminals came to them and they said, hey, we don't like that you're a dreamer. And so we're going to take away, we're going to take your joy, but not a single person in this. It's a big, thick book. I, I, would, I wish you could read it. Um, not a single one of these people in this book, not a single one of these stories stopped and said, oh, hey, whoa, wait, you know what? You're right. You got my joy. Uh, Jesus is super lame. No, they all stood and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to serve Jesus, even if you're going to take away my life, because my joy is not in my life, but my joy is in Jesus. Come on. That's where my hope is. That's where my joy is. That's where my identity is. And that is what really, I mean, there's a lot of things, but that simple thing is one of the biggest things that separates Christians from everybody else. I'm saying Christians are better than everyone else. No. What I'm saying is that Jesus' followers have found the truth, okay? And so, yeah, you're a dreamer. Come on, we know about one dreamer from the Bible. 
Joseph, right? What did his brothers say when he came to approach them? He had that very, you know, super bedazzled coat or whatever it was, a coat of many colors. And he comes walking up with his swag that his dad gave him. And, uh, and his brothers say this. They said, here comes that dreamer. Church family, have you ever been around somebody that was a dream sniper? Just any time that you started to have a dream, any time that you started to believe in, their, in yourself, they were so afraid of their own failure that they started to shoot your stuff full of holes. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Man, total buzzkill. Come on. And so as Christians, I don't think we're called to be like that. I think we're called to be hopeful people because our hope is in Jesus. You know, we can see what's going on in the world. It's some freaky stuff, y'all. There's some scary stuff going on. And we can see that and not be so afraid. Yeah, we're nervous. I don't want my kids to grow up in a war zone. I don't want my kids to grow up in, in silly things. I don't want my kids, I don't want my sons growing up having people tell them that just because, you know, they played with a Barbie doll once when they were four, that that means that they're a female now. I don't want my kids growing up with identity politics. I don't want my kids growing up with critical race theory. I don't want my kids growing up in that stuff. But instead of being afraid, I can be hopeful and I can hand to my children, parents, listen to me, this is important. I can hand to my children the knowledge and the belief and the admonition, the, the, just the belief in Jesus. Like, hey, son, sons and daughter, listen, Jesus is king. Jesus is above everything. And it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter how bad the news or Instagram says things really are. Jesus is above it. And your hope is in him. Your hope is not in your dad. Your hope is not in your mom. Your hope is not in your church. Your hope is in Jesus. And that way it cannot ever be taken away. Amen. Amen. Come on. The church in China is growing leaps and bounds and they don't have smoke machines in their churches. Come on. They don't have these giant monitors and all these, you know, they're not spending a million dollars on Christmas programs, but there is belief and there is hope. These people are meeting in houses, and if they get found, they get raided and arrested. Some of them disappear, and they never find them. We don't have to deal with that here, but our churches are shrinking in some places. In America... Our religion is weak. Why? Because we have allowed our hope to be placed elsewhere. We have allowed our hope to be in the almighty dollar instead of the almighty Jesus. Come on. And that's when things begin to get really weak. That's when our theology and our commitment to Christ begins to get real spongy because we stop having hope. You know, the Bible talks about when... Uh, it says that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to inherit the kingdom. And what is it talking about? Can rich people not go to heaven? No, that's not what that means. But it's, what it's saying is that when you, a lot of times when people get very wealthy, people get very educated, they begin to, um, they begin to trust in those things. And they begin to trust in their own ability instead of Jesus. And that's, that's a real problem. And that causes a lot of issues with us. So anyway, let me get back to my notes. Psalm 126 says this. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, they where we were like those who dreamed. 
Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues were filled with joy. Our tongues were filled with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Jev. Those who sow with tears will reap songs, will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. We're going to sing that song, bringing the sheaves. Come on. I'm glad that at least one person got that. Oh, man. So, hey, there's a lot going on here. There's a wide spectrum of emotion, uh, mouths filled with laughter to weeping and tears. It's all about dreaming big. It's all about big belief. Dreams that make you think out loud. Dreams that make you think, man, what if? Like, why not? You know, someone told me when we were, um, we were youth pastors here and a lot of things were going on in the church and, you know, there were different issues and um, I'm not going to bore you with all that. But we had begun to fail in our ministry. And I was really, I was really worried. I was really afraid. And I thought, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so I went to a trusted mentor. I went to a trusted advisor and I said, hey, I'm, I'm worried about this. I don't know what to do. And they said, well, Spring Hill, it's dying. The whole area is dying. Everyone's moving to Texas. Everyone's moving to Houghton. Everyone's doing this. And then it's, so, we, you know, the best thing for us to do is figure out an exit strategy. Church family, aren't you glad that Jesus never had to figure out an exit strategy away from you? Instead, the exit strategy is, hey, I'm going to come get you and take you with me. Come on, to be in my presence. Aren't you glad that Jesus never looked at you and said, you are too messed up to save. I'm going to let you rot in your own filth and just die on the vine and be done with you and say, hey, that was fun while it lasted, but we're going to put a gravestone here. Aren't you glad, come on, that Jesus never did that. And so I got upset when this person said this to me and I said, I don't accept that. I don't accept that. And <laughs> Y'all going to be embarrassed for me. But it's a Reba McIntyre song, Willie. And it's a Christmas song she sang with Lauren Daigle. And it says, worth saving. Come on. Some of y'all are like, I get it. And I heard that song and I just started weeping. And I felt like a big old baby. But here's the thing. God has got a potential. When you get with, with Jesus, you never stay right where you're at. I'm not saying that you, that you pick up a move, but I'm saying as a person, you never stay right where you're at. Because not only does, does Jesus pick you up, set your feet on solid ground and turn your life around, but he provides a method of progress. He provides a method of growth. As long as you tap into the vine that is him, into that root system, you will grow. Come on. And that's why the New Testament talks about fruits, that you'll know people by their fruits. And so I want to give you three things really quick this morning before I totally lose my voice. We want to be dreamers. 
We want to be believers, man. Come on, I don't want you to just come to church because, you know, the preaching's good or I think we're medium, but the preaching's okay and and the singing's good and like you come because Courtney just burns that keyboard. You know, I don't want that to be the reason you come to church. Those are all cool, but I want you to come to church because you say, I've got to have fellowship with my family and fellowship with my father. That's why I want you in church. I want you in church so that you're sitting under the word of God, so that you're sitting in the presence of God with your family. And so you're ready. Come on, you are energized and you are ready to go out into the world and make fishers of men. Come on. And you are just getting, oh man, come on. And that's what church is all about. And so here's the thing. The first thing, as a dreamer, I want you to have God-sized dreams. What is that all about? Listen, This psalm is talking about Israel being released from 70 years of captivity in Babylon. That means a lot of the people that went into captivity died there, okay? They were there so long that babies were born that had never been to the homeland. And so they're they're being released from that. And hold on. The psalm says that upon their release, they were like those who dream. What can God do now? What can God do? Come on. Y'all, when do we stop thinking like that? Man, what can God do here? Come on, looking around our community. Instead of saying, well, it's dead because the mill's down. No. Instead of doing that and crying about it for 30 years, stepping back and saying, okay, God, what can you do? God. What kind of amazing works can you do in this place? Come on. Just because money leaves a place doesn't mean ministry does too. God has done more for us than he did for those captives. Hear me on this. Because our captivity is not just physical. Our captivity is spiritual. And God has set you free from an eternity of captivity. So the first thing you do, come on, if you have a dog, come on, we love our puppies. If you've got an old hound dog and that dog's got to be in a, in a kennel maybe and you're, you come home from work and the dog's been in that kennel, and you're like, come on, you ready? I mean, they go crazy. And you let them out, what do they do, man? They get the zoomies real bad. Come on, all around the house. And you're like, listen, I just need to take you outside before you make a mess. Please stop running and go out the door. My dog, Juno, I will open the door and I will stand by the door and I'll say, Juno, please go outside. And Juno just has the zoomies. And she's a husky, so it snows. And I'm like, come on, I don't, I'm from Spring Hill. I don't like snow. And so she zoomies around for about 10 minutes and then finally goes outside for four hours, sniffs the yard, and then does her business and comes back in anyway. And so when you, be, when you get released, man, you shouldn't walk out of, you should not walk out of captivity and be like, man, that just, that wasn't very fun. You should walk out praising God. Come on, Jesus, you released me and I'm gonna praise your name. Come on, when we have praise breaks in church and we say, hey, celebrate, come on, I wanna hear you clapping your hands because we are people released from spiritual captivity. We don't have to do the, we don't have to worry about the old. The grave is behind us, the cross is before us and that's the goal, getting to Jesus. And so we get excited about that. And so we wanna have God-sized dreams. We don't want to insult God with man-sized dreams. Come on. 
Come on, don't you ever go up to God just be like, Lord, if you don't mind, could you get me through today? I have a migraine and my water bills do. No, y'all go and Paul said, boldly approach the throne of God. I want you, listen, I want you to go to your father. If you have kids, when they come up to you, what do they say? Dad, if you don't mind, can I have a $500 drone? No, they come up, hey, I need this drone. Come on. And so what am I saying? I'm saying when you go and you talk to your father, don't be bashful. Don't be afraid. Say, God, I've got a dream. I've got belief. There's something that only you can do, and I believe in you. Come on. The second thing is believe in the dream. It says, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Come on. He did it before. Why can't he do it again? Come on. Let me say that one more time for the people that believe. He did it before. Why can't he do it again? Come on. If, you, if God saved you, why can't he save your kids? If God saved you, why can't he save your siblings? Come on. If you've seen God uh, break chains off of people, why can't he do that again? But we get tired of praying for people. We get tired. You know, I don't know if I want to pray for that dude anymore because he's just still on drugs. Don't you dare stop. Somebody didn't stop for you. Come on. You may have to pray for 13 years before somebody has life change. But you'll be sure glad, and they will too that you didn't stop at 12. Come on. Psalm 71 says this. It says, your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Oh, I believe in the dream. I believe in the dream. What's the dream of community church? That we could be used of God to impact our community. That we could be used of God to, to, to just speak and preach and teach and show the message of Jesus to this community. And not just to this community, but especially to people that are forgotten about in this community. For people that other, you know, well, you know, you, you got too many tattoos or you did this or you did that. Man, we don't care. We just want you to fall in love with Jesus because he's in love with you. Amen. And the third thing is we live the dream. Woo. Come on, you ever talk to somebody? You say, man, how are y'all doing? How's your mama and them? And you go, we live in a dream. I don't say that. I say, we fat and sassy. That's what I say. And people, people go, what does that mean? Anyway, it, it always sounds better before it comes out. And then you say it, and they look at you like, and you're just like, just don't, I'm sorry. Anyway, Psalm 37 says this. It says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Come on, that's good. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. Whew, somebody knows. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Y'all, some of y'all know what that's all about. Some of y'all know. You say, pastor, I have been there and I have tripped a little bit, but I didn't fall. Because my daddy got my back. That's what living a dream is all about. When you walk through things and situations and seasons and the world looks at you and they go, oh, you better just quit. You better just give up, man, because they ain't going to get no better. And you go, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh Don't you speak that to me. I know what's up. Come on. That's what living the dream is all about. Living the dream does not mean that you're driving a Rolls Royce and you've got a Rolex. 
This is more of a Folex church, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, that was dumb. Anyway, living the dream, following Jesus, doesn't mean that you are rich in the things of the world. It means that you are rich in the presence of God, that you are rich in joy. Woo, come on. That you are full of the spirit, that you know, hey, God's got this. I ain't even worried. My, listen, my joy is not stolen. My household is not assailed because I know who's got this thing. Come on. And that's where my belief, that's what living the dream is all about, church family. And as a Christian, you should walk with some pep in your step because you're living the dream. Come on. Because God's got this thing. Does it matter? Does it matter if, if scary things are going on? Do we worry about those things? Yeah, we sure do. I don't want people killing each other. I don't, you know, when I, when I saw this thing in Israel, man, my heart broke and I was, and I was angry. But does that mean that I just give up? Oh, well, God, dude, God can't handle this one. No, because I'm living the dream church family. And that means I don't quit. I don't shut my mouth. That I stand up tall and I say, hey, you know what? There may be some dark clouds, but I know who holds the horizon. Come on, there may be some darkness, but I know whose name is on the dawn. Come on. And those of you who've been through it, <clears throat> you know that. I'm going to read it one more time and we're going to close. I love that so much. Psalm 37 says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Come on. That's you, right? Though he may stumble, he will not fall. Somebody said amen. amen. Somebody said, I've been there, pastor. For the Lord upholds him. With his hand. Whew. That's good. Come on. Thank you, sister. That's good. Amen. I may go through something. I may go through a situation that is frustrating, that is scary, but God's got this. I'm not going down because I'm going to hold on to him, and you can't take him. Come on. So good. So good. I want you to remember that. We're, we are a culture of dreamers. I'm not just talking about the American dream. I'm talking about the church dream. I'm talking about the Christian dream. We believe. Come on, we believe that the best is yet to come. We believe that God is not finished with us. If I'm not dead, he ain't done, church. Come on. It doesn't matter if you are four years old. It doesn't matter if you are 94 years old. God, if, you, if you're still breathing, you can still be ministering. Amen? Come on. Come on, God's not done with you. I believe God's probably just getting started with a lot of us. We gotta live the dream. Mm, so good. Would you stand with me this morning? I wanna just pray over the house. Y'all please come and hang out tonight at six. It's gonna be a good time in God's house with God's family with some Holy Ghost potluck. Amen. Amen. You're a believer and you, listen, you're a believer and you get to be a dreamer. God gives you so much potential and purpose. Don't you ever just think, oh, well, you know. You pursue purpose. Be a dreamer. Come on. God, I just pray right now. Number one, Lord, I am thankful that I get to be part of such an amazing